I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Red Men Originals podcast. I'm Steve Hall, joined by Steve Plunkett, Chloe Bloxham, and Dan Club. Yes, we are the originals, although literally the two originals aren't here today for differing reasons. Paul's on holiday, and Chris was watching the Super Bowl and booked the day off, which was was very clever, because me and Chloe watched the Super Bowl, and we're very tired because we watched the Super Bowl. So that's why Chris is the boss, because he decides to, to be clever and plan in advance. We're not so clever, I think, Chloe. No, I haven't slept yet. But hence the Red Bull. Yeah, that is exactly right. That's <laughs> and there. that isn't even a, that's a big kind of Red Bull. Yeah, well. you've got this. Very well. much needed. But we're going to work through it. We've got a Lucas Aid for Steve as well. We're all we're all we're all. Uh, Hands on coconut water. All well hydrated. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, Nobody as well hydrated as me though, because this shit is the shit. Uh, yeah, that's right. I mean, if they want to sponsor us, they can, but <laughs> I'm on the Pepsi Max, I'll be honest. Yeah, so uh, that's what that's what we've been up to, but it's absolutely fine. Um, we're going to be speaking, of course, about Liverpool versus Burnley, Liverpool 3, Burnley. We're going to have a little look at the squad as well, because yes, Liverpool's squad is a little bit like a revolving door at the moment. Some come back, some go out injured and all kinds. So we're going to have a chat about that in part two. Before we get cracking on Liverpool 3, Burnley 1, just want to give you guys a heads up, as we always do at the start of these shows. Um, our tour tickets are still on sale. Yes, our end of season party at Hotel Anfield has sold out, but our tour tickets, the Jürgen Klopp Celebration Tour, yes, we're going live in Belfast on March 24th, Dublin on March 25th, and London on April 24th. If you want to come to one of the Belfast or Dublin gigs, ticketmaster.ie, just search Redmen TV. You'll see all of our beautiful faces on the picture there. And if you want to come to the London show, it's axs.com. Search there as well, Redmen TV, and get your tickets. Come and have a big old celebration. It's us and Keo. Keo will be singing lots of Jürgen Klopp songs. I'm so, because yeah, Jürgen can't shout at us when he's not there, because he doesn't, he doesn't seem to like people singing his song, but we're going to do it anyway. Right then, with all that being said, let's talk about the footy. Dan, uh, I'll start with you first, mate. Um, injuries, illness, suspensions, there's a bereavement, unfortunately, in there as well. Liverpool are missing a lot of players. I think it's testament, actually, to the squad building that Liverpool have done mm. that they can put out such a strong team. And I think it was 10 absentees, mm-hmm. and that's still a pretty strong team that Liverpool got out there, which credit to them. Again, I know Jürgen did say... You know, I'm going to punch someone in the face if they ask me what it's like to have everyone back because he, he doesn't know. Mm. But yeah, that's a long list of absentees in Liverpool. Still, you know, we'll talk about the performance, but that's a good start in the level on paper. Yeah, it is absolutely it is. Yeah, and as you say, that is very much testament to what we've managed to build over the last sort of eighteen months with a few key players leaving in amongst that as well. So yeah, credit to Jurgen Klopp and indeed the staff around him for that. Obviously, is testament to the academy as well, which we've seen really come to the fore at times this season because there's three or four lads there on the bench at Anfield on Saturday who 
then played under 21s footy yesterday so that just shows you what we're dealing with but yeah the squad is being stretched thin and it's a shame because just when you start getting a couple of lads back you see Salah obviously doing his rehab and stuff like that and you think okay we're not too far away from him you get Bataro Endo back as well you see Simicast come back Robertson Trent you start thinking tell you what the band's getting back together here and you start you start dreaming of that situation whereby what happens when we do everyone who gets dropped from the bench and you start thinking god we might not have room for a Connor Bradley a Jarrell Concert as brilliant as they've been they might not be able to fit in the squad but unfortunately that luxury never seems to fall upon us because as you say every time they're nearly back together somebody else drops with illness or a suspension in Canate's case so frustrating from that sense but as you say absolutely incredible that we are managing to put out those types of teams and even have a little bit left in reserve if you look at what Harvey Elliott managed to do from the bench the fact you've got him there waiting to come and impact the game you've got Cody Gakpo likewise you know all season players who've had impacts on games in different ways shapes and forms for Liverpool it's incredible because you've a lot of other teams have you been fighting at the top of the Premier League the middle or the bottom if you took out 10 first teamers you don't know what you'd be looking at even some of the people in and around does it be an absolute shell skeleton squad but Liverpool thankfully have enough to get jobs done and I suppose Chloe that's where the fixtures does you a little bit of a favour if you because listen no Alisson no Gomez Obviously, I can go through them all. Canate suspended. We know McConnor Bradley's away. Sobosly, Salah are both out. Pachetic, Thiago, we'll speak about a bit later on as well. There's eight straight away. There's others missing. Ben Doak's out, for example. There's Graven Birch feels something in the warm-up. And, he's, and he, although he's on the bench, he's on the bench as literally a non-playing option because they couldn't get him on. Like, if that is City away or, or, or Arsenal away or even United at home or something, you're like, oh. But that's where, it's, for once, the fixed list has only put a favour that we're missing the like, and they've got this through book but it is Burnley and although Burnley put a challenge up Liverpool's team that they put out was good enough to beat Burnley whether that 11's good enough to play in other games we, we, on that, we, we hopefully won't need to find out because we're getting some players back but that, that kind of did the Reds a little bit of a favour I suppose yeah too, but also big players stepping up I mean I've criticised Callagher uh, quite a little bit this season just because it feels like you know from the Carabao Cup winning goalkeeper to now it does feel like he's fallen off a cliff a little bit uh, it feels like every shot seems to go past him but he made three massive one-on-one saves that kept Liverpool in the game you know Wataru Endo coming back and going straight in from, from the AFCON you've got big players players stepping up all of our front three scored and sometimes it was scrappy but we we, we really battled through it um, so yeah and, and look you've got Curtis Jones there who's being played at right back halfway through a game uh, you know he was a left winger at one point at the start of his career so it shows the, the variety that we have and also you know the versatility of the players um, but also the determination and desire to, to be put anywhere on the pitch and just give absolutely everything um, and yeah it, look it was Burnley and Burnley could have scored against us and at times found it a little bit too easy but big players stood up in big moments um, and the other end we were we were quite deadly so yeah uh, thankfully we, it was only Burnley but we still had to put in a winning performance Absolutely it's job job done you've got to win it and, and Steve um, Chloe did mention Kelleher there and I think it's fair to say like, he's been up and down this season with all this is the most games he's ever played by the way in a Liverpool season so it isn't like he's undercooked in terms of performances in fact some people were saying the other thing of maybe the more you see of him actually the, the, the less that you like about it but he did have a good game You know, he makes a vital save one on one and does well not to get put in hospital by Virgil van Dijk I felt when, we, when he saw that collision I was like oh my god Adrian's coming on here Kelleher's teeth are somewhere on row 7 thankfully he was okay mm. he makes a big one on one save at 2-1 as well he's out quickly moments after to make sure the guy hits it round the post so 
yeah, a really impressive performance from Kelleher, one that you know we know he's capable of, but we probably haven't seen enough of this season. Exactly right, and Chloe, Chloe's right. You know that goalkeeper that went in the cup finals for us and did so well. The problem with keepers is it's all about confidence and, and games under your belt and, and being a backup goalkeeper to someone like Alisson's probably one of the hardest jobs in football. So when you get your opportunity, you've got to take it and, and, and rightfully criticised for certainly letting in some goals which you wouldn't have expected him to be beaten by. But I think the, the point moreover in, in its entirety here is when you're top of the league, players will, will turn up because you're top of the league. If, you, if you're sitting in 10th place and you've got 10 players injured, the, the desire might not be the same. But when you've got a top of the league position to protect and you, you're playing for something at the end of the season and your boss has said he's leaving, there's lots of lots, you know variables here when you bring them all together. Lads who... Curtis Jones at right back, for instance, is going to put a shift in there because of the bigger picture, because of what they're trying to achieve. So, um, squad's in a good place psychologically at the moment. It's well motivated. Um, we're doing well. And, and lads are, when they're getting their opportunities, like you say, if we ever get everybody fit, mm. we're giving club a headache, aren't they? Yeah, one day. We might get there one day. <laughs> Stick on we won't. Yeah, but that, that, this is what can happen when you're in every trophy, I suppose, yeah. as well. Like yeah. You are going to lose lads along the way. Yeah. Chloe, um, I'll come back to you on Callagher because. You know, Liverpool do have a League Cup final and he's going to play in, in a couple of weeks' time. Um, and again, he's been up and down. He's had some good games recently. He's actually recently he's had some good performances. But if he went into that League Cup final cold, you're like, oh, but now he's had this one. Obviously, you don't want Alisson out ever. But if he's going to get sick and, and your goalkeeper can still play well and you get three points... There's almost a, a little reverse benefit to Alisson getting the flu there and that Kelleher should now go into Chelsea feeling a little bit better about himself because two massive moments in the game. He's had a direct impact on Liverpool winning three points to go back top of the league. It could do him a little bit of a favour in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, and hopefully it does. I mean, look, we were all sat here saying several years ago, he's the best number two uh, that you can ask for. There's no one There's no one better as a number two in the league. He could go to the majority of Premier League sides and go straight into their squads. Um, and you need that that player to come back for the final. And he's been showing it. I think he played Sheffield United early on in December and he was crucial in that 2-0 win. You know, Fulham in the second leg of the Carabao Cup, he makes um, uh, two unbelievable saves in the first half of that, which are one-on-ones. Um, and you're starting to see the, the Callagher we know of. We know he's unbelievable with the ball on his feet. We know he's so cool, calm and collected. It's when, you know, at times he's been put under pressure and he's let the ball go past him a little bit too easy this season. Mm. And you're seeing the improvements. You're seeing him make himself bigger. That was mm. the big thing for me on the weekend is a lot of the times this season when he's came out, he looked small in that goal. But when he rushed out against Burnley, he made himself big he didn't go to the ground straight away he didn't make it easy um, and yeah it's good that he's got that performance in because he's saved Liverpool against Burnley that's you know yeah we've scored three goals but in massive games he had to come up and prove that he was a, a boss keeper and in those moments he saved Liverpool so he can take that confidence uh, he can take it hopefully into the Carabao Cup um, and hopefully we will also have a much stronger team overall a much stronger squad come the Carabao Cup so it's not as easy uh, but yet the, the first two minutes there's a set piece and a lad volleys it and thankfully it goes straight down mm. the, the keeper's throw to go straight down to Kelleher and you just felt instantly he needs that that's exactly what he needs and it set the tone for him it made him comfortable uh, and he, he was a massive reason as to why we, we got over the line and, and we won I suppose well done like 
by obviously Nottingham Forest before in January mm-hmm. and Liverpool rightly said no and this is the reason why you say no to those things <laughs> I, I remember at the time thinking, hearing people say like you know Pitaluga can come and be on the bench just take the 15 mil if anyone's seen highlights of Pitaluga at the weekend he's still got a long way to go over in Ireland he has a, a bit of a bad game so yeah. this, this is the reason we kept him but it, the likelihood is and we've been saying this for a few years now in the summer there's a very good chance he leaves mm-hmm. um if he's played, he's played thirteen games so far. We know he's going to get a fourteenth. We'll see how things go. We might get to fifteen. You know, the most he's played before this season was eight, and that was in the twenty twenty two season when he the pool went to the, all the way to the league cup final. Yeah. It, it, he's almost half playing for a move as well because if you'd have asked six months ago who's going to sign Kelleher. I don't know. Like, is, is he high end championship, low end Premier League? Like Nottingham Forest coming in for him. Mm. It's all it's it's crazy to say, but a couple of good games on the run, and that move you get is worth more to you. You go to a bigger team, you might get little, might get a bit more money for him yeah. as well. So obviously, he wants to win trophies, he wants to do all that, but he does want the move. He wants to play for Ireland, and th- this little period that he's in now could could help him determine what type of club he goes to. One hundred percent, it could. Yes, yeah, there's loads of factors at play here, and obviously, you know, potentially playing a hand in another trophy success. Liverpool will sort of bolster what Liverpool might get in their coffers for him and his reputation along the way as well. And you mentioned Ireland there; he's not actually number one for Ireland. I think it's Gavin Bazuna, isn't it? Because he plays regular football, so Kelleher is going to want that at some point, not only for himself in terms of his domestic career, but internationally as well. And Steve mentioned it earlier; it's an unenviable position being behind Alison Becker in terms of the pecking order because your chances are only going to become the few and far between anyway and they're only really going to come if Alisson does go down with an illness or bereavement of his own in the past so it's not easy it's definitely not easy I think we have seen the best of Kevin Kelleher of late because there's no doubt about it for six, seven, eight months there he started the last game of last season against Southampton where he really wasn't at it but you can kind of put that down to haven't seen him for weeks if not months and obviously his last game of the season whatever let bygones be bygones let's move on with our lives but when you watch him earlier on this season you think okay this isn't the Kelleher I've come to expect here this isn't right at all so it's good to see him back at it it's good to see him back in form obviously in terms of one-on-one stuff like that he should be good at them because he's learning from the very best in the business he should be very good at everything because he's learning from the very best in the business so I still really like Eve Keller as a goalkeeper I do think his future sort of lies away for Liverpool I don't see a world whereby he does become our number one to be honest and in terms of a move he is playing for it Liverpool want to get good money I think more than 15 million still to be honest with you but that's going to depend and be determined by what he does between now and the end of the season to be fair and also as you say the type of club they're coming from will be the same because there's one point whereby we're talking about could he be Tottenham's number one could he replace Hugo Lloris that sort of sort of high end Premier League and now all of a sudden the conversation shifted slightly so yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens with him. But again, ultimately, I think he's a really talented goalkeeper and somebody who is destined to be a Premier League number one. I just don't think it's a Liverpool. No, I'd agree. And hopefully, fingers crossed, like I said, get him a bit of confidence going into that League Cup final. Um, someone else full of confidence, Steve, is uh, Diogo Jota. That's uh, 14 goals in all comps this season now. Um, for a fella who went a year without scoring <laughs> at one point, he, he, he feels like he's back on the, on the goal trail. Um, He's playing on the right wing, of course, but this is a corner. It's a typical poacher's goal. It's anticipating that the goalie might make a mistake. It's what good strikers do. Um, it's not a coincidence that it's him. 
you know, like he's the one who, who, who reacts first. But yeah, fourteen in all comps. He's 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 quietly putting together another excellent season, Jota, in terms of goals. And whatever we do for the remainder of the season will be largely around his contribution. And, and he gets in those positions to score goals because positionally he just understands where you need to be. Sometimes he he stops his run and everyone else carries on and finds himself in space. He had that one where he sliced it and it popped up and he scored. That was very much evidence of, of his ability to find space. He's improved his game in so many different ways. I mean, we, we, we all sat here a couple of years ago saying doesn't necessarily get involved in build-up play, isn't great with his back to goal, isn't great when he picks the ball up from deep. But all of those things have come along in leaps and bounds. Mm. He, for me, he is the, the standout candidate for the central attacking position, albeit he's playing off the right at the moment because we need to. But he's got that versatility. But whatever Liverpool accomplished between now and the end of the season, however many trophies we win or we don't win, Diogo Jota's got an absolutely huge part to play in that. Uh, he's back, Chloe, to being almost like... Well, he is this year, that one and two striker. The blip last season, because, you know, his first year he got 13 and 30, so just one and three-ish, maybe something like that. Then the year after he plays 55 games, scores 21. So again less than one and two seven from 28 to uh, 22 23 season was when he really had that blip that's when he went that year obviously he had injuries but yeah. he was coming back but it took him a long time before he got that goal uh, against Leeds this season he scored 14 goals in 27 games he is back to being like that he's not most Salah levels because nobody's most Salah levels but if you if your secondary forward is a one and two kind of player I mean you're, you're in business there you know Sadio Mane's goals needed replacing a little bit um, and Jota feels like he's the one it, it, Salah's always going to be the main man but can somebody be the, the secondary one and if Jota like I say one in two for the rest of the season and he plays another 20 games he's going to end up roughly mid-20s goals which is yeah, fantastic. That's the type of form that Liverpool need. I mean, if they do want to win these trophies, the Jason. Yeah, but I think we all could have said that Diego Jota could do this, but it's about him staying fit. Mm. We, he is our most ruthless striker. He is the best finisher at Liverpool Football Club. He finds himself in so much space. He reads the play so well. Um, and it was all about if he stays fit, he could be the reason that Liverpool win trophies because like you mentioned there you get rid of Sadio Mane who's a guaranteed 20 plus goal scorer uh, in the in, in the Prem and then you look at Diego Jota and the signs there but there isn't enough evidence because he's not fit enough for us if he can keep fit and we can monitor him uh, throughout the rest of the season my word have we got an, an incredible striker because he's ridiculous he doesn't even need half a chance um, and <laughs> it, it, it's the way he creates it for himself it's the way he pulls off the defender and constantly is in the gap um, to, to, to finish the, the crosses off and it's it's just everything about him his tenacity is pressing it's everything um, he sets the tone and yeah I, I really hope he can stay fit because he could be the difference maker and if you add Mo Salah back into this side mm. and you've got both of them playing up top together Liverpool can run away in games. We, we speak about how the only thing you can say about Manchester City is in a game we're still, you know, it's 1-1 or it's 2-1 or we're still in the games constantly where City would be 4-0 up 32 minutes in and it's like, oh, well, they can make all their subs. If, you've, if you're able to play Darwin Nunes, Diego Jota and Mo Salah together, you know, you can run away with games. Um, so, yeah, he will be vital to Liverpool uh, and let's hope he can stay fit because, yeah, he's, he's a ridiculous finisher. He is, he, and he, he reacts well, he's doing the one really, he anticipates the goal, making a bit of a meal of that one. Um, 
on their goal, Dan, let's move on a little bit, bit of a negative. Um, it kind of starts before the corner, really. Mm-hmm. And I, I know Trent, when he went off injured at half time, uh, which subsequently, it was like, I, I listen, I'm in WhatsApp groups and some of you guys are in them as well. It's like, has he injured or has he been hooked here? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. defensively, he was having a bit of a mess. Trent, on the ball, he was doing well. Yeah. But defensively, he wasn't. Um, that one there, he's, he's, he just loses out in a bit of a basic challenge that he shouldn't really lose. And obviously, it leads to Robertson conceding the corner. They score. Um, Liverpool weren't perfect in this game at the back again. You know, they needed the goalkeeper a couple of times. There's a couple of issues like that where mm-hmm. Liverpool do have a very good defensive record, but there were still quite a couple of fragilities there. Yeah, absolutely there was. Yeah, I think you're right on Trent. I think it was pretty obvious that something wasn't right. I wonder whether it was sort of the flu that was in the camp. Maybe he was suffering from that a little bit, but he sort of cracked on because he wasn't at it. He was far from at it. Obviously, as we know, it turned out he's got that problem again, it sounds like. So, no great surprise he didn't look perfect defensively. But yeah, Liverpool weren't weren't walking to tight Benish that's imagination though obviously we've already spoke about Keller I think Quanta a couple of times has to defend well certainly later on in the game he covers across really nicely um, as for the goal it's an interesting one the goal and I got not criticism but a little bit of criticism from Jamie on the weekend because I was like when you score that type of goal that manner of goal that comes from a header from what is it like 13, 14 yards out you think that can't be right I mean that doesn't feel right like it's it's a good header don't go wrong it's right in the corner it doesn't give Keller her loads of chance but should we really be conceding that I'm not quite sure I know Vitaro Endo and Diaz are close by they're in close proximity neither of them really get up and compete it's a good run it's a good delivery it's a good leap it's a good header but I just think a little bit of me is a bit like really is that how we're going to concede do you know what I mean I think you said it was a good run I think that's the problem Steve, is that it's not a run they're clever in that they keep the big lads away from our big lads so yeah. our little lads are at the front trying to block them and rather, there's no one to block. So in the end, what you do, rather than Diaz and Endo and Jota trying to block players from running, they end up having to compete aerial with them. It's very clever from Burnley, but still, you're banking on someone scoring ahead of them 14 yards out mm-hmm. or whatever, which again, very rarely happens. But it did feel like they decided, well, Van Dijk and Quanta are over there. We'll stay with these little fellas. Um, a couple of teams now have planned set plays well against us and we haven't reacted to them, I think. Arsenal did it with Gabriel very early on. They got him free from a marker. These lads here again, albeit further out, free from a marker. We're about to play Brentford next week and I can promise you now, yeah. Thomas Frank's in the lab. They killed yeah. us last year. They've done it last year. They killed us with set plays a couple of times yeah. and he's in the lab this year. Six from offside positions as well. It was offside, yeah. offside, goal, offside. Yeah, Another yeah. goal. Like, yeah. It is something that we need to sharpen up on because... Yeah, like I say, going into next week, Thomas Frank's in the lab now because did our team score and set piece goals against Liverpool? Yeah, and it comes down to the Liverpool like to catch people with quick transitions when we win the ball back from corners. So mm-hmm. if you've got your, your diminutive quick players ready to spring from your edge of your box, how many times have we seen that? West Ham would be sick of that, wouldn't they? After the Shakiri to Salah oh, goal and oh, stuff yeah. like that, you know, it's it happens a lot with Liverpool. They're probably going to have to rethink that one because you can only do it so many times before, as you quite rightly say, other teams figure you out tactically and, and you know you wouldn't want to put the ball in an area where Van Dijk is you wouldn't want to put the ball in an area where Canate is and even Quanta's starting to physically impose himself on, on forwards now they're all big lads so the delivery has to be right so credit to them for that and the mm. timing of it all has to be right I, I kind of get your point it's a long way out you know it's not like the Suarez head at that time at the edge of the box it's <laughs> like a rocket yeah, in the yeah. top corner no. it's just it feels like it's a slow-mo goal doesn't it and you think okay I've confused by that one but you, you kind of have to get like Steve's saying they have to kind of give some credit to Burnley for figuring out potentially where, where the threat is for them from our in set pieces and, and it is it's something we're going to have to address it, you know we don't have a six foot three inch Fabino to sit on the edge of the box anymore you yeah. know we've got 
Endo's little fella, but but equally as effective when when we're trying to win the ball back. But and good in the air as well with it. Just I don't think he anticipated it at all. Did he? It's, it's, it's the, lads, the lads are foot bigger than him. And he's a big lad. Looking back to a close show. Arsenal, Gabriel scores. We've shot Newcastle. It's Norwich for me. No, 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 Nor- it's Norwich. Mm. It's the exact Newcastle, same. Norwich, Arsenal. Uh, now, Burnley, they've all had a little bit of joy recently yeah. from Liverpool on set plays. They've all figured out something because for a while that was never the case. Liverpool were, were pretty good. Liverpool just kind of boxed that problem off. It does feel like teams are rightly keeping the ball away from Virgil van Dijk. But this is what happens when, when everyone gets onto something. It spreads very, very quickly. Tottenham are half dealing with that now with Vicario. Teams have gone on to the fact that let's just bully him and see if we can yeah. get something out mm-hmm. of him and, and they'll have enjoy. It does feel like, like I say, Norwich, Norwich with, with the, was it the, the, the centre back. You got Botman for Newcastle. Now you've got here, you've got Gabriel. Like centre half are scoring goals against Liverpool. All mm-hmm. of a sudden that's happened since probably the end of December now. It's a, it is a bit. It's a bit of a concern. Yeah, it is. And and like I mentioned there, the, the Norwich one, it just feels like it's the exact same Very as that. Yeah. Um, and Liverpool need to address it and they need to adjust. It doesn't need to be a massive adjustment. It doesn't need to be, yeah, Rob Canata at the front post. It doesn't need to be that. But maybe, like like you mentioned there, Diaz and Endo, they're not padding the air. They're actually quite good. Yeah. Since Arsenal but, scoring against those, don't they? Yeah. Diop scored, didn't he, for Fulham? I forgot that one as well. Yeah, 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 he did, yeah. yeah. Have a little bit of a go, yeah. So uh, Liverpool do, do need to address it and we do need to, you know, uh, adjust because <laughs> it's the, the old cliche, but <coughs> set pieces really, really are game changers. Um, and when you're coming up against Brentford, who scored around three last season in their game, but also about 10, including the offside <laughs> ones, it is a massive worry, um, especially with the fact that they've got Ivan Tony back and the in this kind of feel-good moment because it feels like the back. Um, so yeah, Liverpool do need to address it. We need to make sure that front post is, is you know... I don't know whether we block the players off. I don't know whether we have to man mark. I don't, I don't know what it is that we need to switch because I'm obviously not the person to do the analysis on that. But we just need to make it tougher for for people to be winning that. I think also the, I think it, it, it comes sorry it comes down to also you look at we lost Gravenberg right at the last minute and, mm. and the number of players coming in and out of those zones week on week where yeah. they're not familiar with their jobs. So it might be that we look at it and say right because we don't man mark. You might be right. We yeah. might we might go we'll man mark the man on yeah. the front post. Yeah. with someone huge so we can't flick it or get anything on it and, and then everyone else has got to be alive so when we're going through all the permutations of players and systems and different bodies in different places it's, it's just you're not there every week doing that so it's difficult to understand what your role is so at the zonal marking's always been a well it's been a problem for Liverpool since we started to do it really mm-hmm. we've, we've given a lot of goals away from set pieces so I think it's a bit of that and it's a bit of the fact that it's not the same bodies every week at the moment. I also think as well, like it's it's just kind of one of those things you mentioned grabbing birch can't play, there's no mm. Gakpo on the pitch. Yeah. Like Liverpool short. Like Gakpo played in the field against Brentford the last couple of times we've played them. Yeah. Would not be shocked if he's in the team starting at the weekend as yeah. well. Like when you not, it might not be in the field, he might be he might be in the forward line somewhere because Liverpool lacked Liverpool's effectively front six I Mikaitis mean, isn't small but he's not massive the rest of them are all pretty short lads so that, um, that probably played into it as well the, you know you might, if that's Gakpo or Gravenberg maybe defending that near post they might get a bit more of a, of a challenge on the lad but yeah you can, it is what it is in that regard but I, I, I definitely think keep an eye on Gakpo starting at the weekend because Thomas Frank uh, sorry Jürgen Klopp's done that against Thomas Frank teams in the past Um Half time, then Dan, I'll, I'll come to you. Um, Trent's got an issue, reoccurrence. Yeah. He said he was fine, but Jürgen said, No, you're not. 
you're obviously not fine if you told me about it I'm, I, we don't want to take no risks we've had no word yet on how bad it was Liverpool will probably keep that quiet they've got no need to really talk about it there's no midweek game so mm. it could be later in the week until Jürgen and rightly so lets us know what's happening with Alexander-Arnold so interesting that he goes with the change he makes because there, there, there aren't there's no right back on the pitch but there are other defensive options available mm-hmm. for Jürgen to go with but the fact that it's one all, do you think that's probably why it's Curtis? I'm guessing if that header had just gone over the bar and if Liverpool was 1-0 at half-time, Endo might be at right-back or Quanta might be at right-back yeah. or Timakas or, or Robertson or something. Mm. Do you think that it's, the fact that it's 1-1 means, you know what, that's why we'll probably go on Curtis because, yeah, we, we need to win this game. We need goals rather than keeping the back door closed. Yeah, quite possibly. I think that is a very understandable change to make in those circumstances because you expect Liverpool to be dominant in terms of territory, in terms of possession. So having another attack-minded player at right-back isn't necessarily the end of the world because you're going to find yourself in very advanced areas. As we mentioned before, Curtis Jones is now converted from left-winger to right-back, which is just ludicrous. And it's testament to his ability to sort of play in different he's like every old, He's like every British person in the South who starts on the left... <laughs> And, and it's right worked right all the way yeah. on the right hand side. Stop in the middle. No, yeah, it gets testament just how well he understands duties and takes on instructions actually from managers. The fact he can do that, he did it early on in the season in the Leicester game in the Carabao Cup. He started that game as captain, right back. So he has done it before, but it's not exactly second nature to him. Let's put it that way. But I was a little bit surprised by the change. Obviously. In terms of, as soon as you find out Trent's injured and needs to come off or has a problem and needs to come off, it's not a great shock that we make a change. But I would have thought with Taro Endo might have come off because he was on a booking. And it's testament to how good he was second half, the fact that you were never panicking about him being on a yellow card. But given the fact he just got back from the Asian Cup, he'd been yellow card in the first, you think, okay, there's an obvious change here. It's Harvey Elliott comes on for Endo. You move McAllister back to the six and you crack on from there. You've still got your creative force in McAllister, Elliott and Jones on the pitch. So it wouldn't have made too much of a difference to sort of the impetus of the game and the way it was going but listen Klopp makes the change he makes and it works relatively well I think it's safe to say Curtis Jones wasn't tested massively from a defensive standpoint which is really important and that might be down to Elliot helping him out a little bit on that side as well who knows but had we been up against a different opposition again it comes back to what you said before about fixture list being relatively kind you can't afford to make those tweaks that are far from ideal in a game like Burnley at home if that's Man City away and all of a sudden you end up with Curtis Jones at right back against Jamie Docker you're thinking this is going to be a long goal 45 love you Curtis think you boss but it's going to be a long 45 minutes this so relatively kind in the way it fell absolutely Chloe you obviously texted us from the stadium at the time giving us updates you and Paul and it was like right I can see obviously now Harvey Elliott stripped off and the obvious thought was it's probably Endo he's on a yellow he didn't have a particularly good first half Endo he'd, he'd got himself booked with the I mean the latest of late challenge he was that late what was, was, about, sorry, what was annoying about that one we should have had a free kick 20 seconds earlier yeah. Nunes was dragged to the deck like 5 seconds earlier and then Endo the gives away a free kick yeah. and gets booked and that could have all been avoided it could but he was yeah. also that late for that tackle he was nearly early for the next yeah, one like, but you know what when that happened in the stadium everyone on the cop was like you know what Dan I like it Ooh. because he makes sure that he's good I thought well, I mean I'm guessing I don't want to put words in anyone's mouths but the last thing anyone expected was that that was going to be the sub it turns out obviously Alexander Arnold was injured um, but either way getting Elliot on the pitch uh, Clout was another winner for Liverpool because again two assists another place off the bench another appearance off the bench where he's been brilliant and actually it got McAllister a bit deeper, closer to Endo. They were able to get a bit more control of midfield as well. It probably wasn't planned. I don't think... That, well, it wasn't. Yeah, he would never want to have... He might have wanted to get Elliot on. The way he got him on might have been different, but 
again, it's, it's just another game where Harvey Elliott stepped up off the bench and, and delivered for Liverpool. He must be thinking to himself, I, I can't do any more. Um, because he's literally, every single time he's came off the bench, he's constantly had a positive impact and he's constantly won us the game. Um, and maybe, maybe you know, a couple of years ago where we were all like, is Jota better as a sub than as... Maybe that this is the conversation we're having with Harvey Elliott because he's looking up and he's seeing Brentford next and he's thinking... No, nope, I'm not starting that game no. because I'm no chance. Um, <laughs> not a chance. Yeah. So when he comes on, he, he's thinking to himself, "Well, even if I don't get the next start, this is my club. I'm top of the league, and he, he understands. He knows what it means to be a Liverpool fan, and he drags us. He puts us on his back at times. Um, and yeah, the the, the second ball uh, to to Nunes is great, but Nunes's finish is yeah. ridiculous. Um, but it's just it was the fact that it just felt like the game was really scrappy. Harvey Elliott comes on and says, "Give me the ball." and I'll just do everything he calms it down he passes it around the corner one twos gives and goes um, and he also defensively really helped Curtis Jones out as well so yeah it's another superb impact that he's had from the bench and he's looked up and he saw Brentford and he's thought yeah okay so I'll I'll probably be a sub again next weekend um, but as long as he just keeps coming off the bench and impacting games that's all he can do um, and hopefully he, he you know he will get, get his chance it just sadly not in a game where there's a load of six foot four lads and you're five foot six I suppose say Steve because obviously for those who don't know Steve used to use manage that non-league levels before in, mm. in, in your previous days is it hard if there's a player who's so good as a sub because to be fair, like when Elliot starts, he hasn't been that impressive. Mm. He's played ninety eight games for Liverpool now, ninety eight appearances. A lot of those have killed, of course, off the bench. But like you, you're half tempted to reward him and say, you know what, you've been starting that well. So you've been playing that well, but here's a start. It might not be next week. Mm. And Brentford obviously is, a, mm. is an outlier, but in other games, it's like this one for example, he could easily have started this one barely at home. Um, but because he's so good off the bench, it must be nice as a manager to go. It's great that I've got this fellow on the who I know I can trust to come on as, as a sub. Solskjaer used to get this at this at United, that super sub role. We had Davy Faircroft, different roles, obviously goal scorers. Yeah, but yeah. as a manager, it, it's all is it like a bit of a comfort blanket to go, why would I start him? Because he's so good off the bench, he's almost Harvey now made like a rod for his own back almost by being so good as a substitute. It's exactly that because you sometimes look at your bench, you can be 2 0 down, and depending on who's available, you look at your bench and think they can't change it. And then you lose a game three or four nil, and you think, oh, did the good the subs don't have to have the bollock in at the end of the game because they weren't included in it. The thing with, with Elliot is we have given him starts, and, and it's not the same. I think where we benefit from him is he comes on the pitch, he's great at listening to instructions, he's great at doing the things he's supposed to do. After about an hour, when when we're starting to tire and we start to lose our way a little bit, he comes on and gives everybody a reminder of what we should be doing. So that's ball into feet, get it out of your feet, move it quickly, look forward, lots of angles, lots of creativity. He probably wouldn't thank you for saying he's a super sub, but the reality is he is at the moment. I, I don't know how that changes because we go back to Dan's point before, when everybody's fit, he's not getting in ahead of Sobber's lie because the thing that people don't realise is Sobber's lie is that off the ball he's as good as anybody in recovery and interceptions and stuff like that so that physicality is huge down that right hand side for Liverpool so I just I feel for him because he's a, he's a really really good player sometimes footballers understand what their role is in the club and they, they accept it in the short to medium term and it seems to be that's what he's done because there's no hang up is there you know we, we don't play him and then he comes on as a sub and he's brilliant and then the next week he comes on a sub and he's brilliant and it's really nice from a from a tactical point of view and you're looking at it and thinking you know 
take for instance the week before when we went with with the two Dutch lads on the right that didn't work but there's an option on the bench to bring someone in who's fresh and going to do things differently and give you an impetus so if you're not going the way you want it to go you're looking at the, the what's in front of you and you're thinking you've got to change something to turn around and see that fella on your bench knowing what he's going to give you as a manager is massive and it, and it changes it changes all of your perspectives in terms of what you can do going forward to try and rescue a game or turn a game in your favour and take some control and he's just a, a lovely little footballer really isn't he yeah. to watch you know what I really enjoyed from the weekend it was a switch of play yeah, constant and, and yeah. like it, it, it's, he probably did that more times in that one game that's than I've seen him do it all the season every game we played and Robertson was the, the Diaz was being marked but Robertson was always really? the extra man and <laughs> every time it was pinpoint it was take a touch and whip it in mm. um, and I thought he was excellent at that as well which is something I've not seen him do loads of uh, is the switcher play but he every single time he had I'm that comment here, so like, you know, he's very intelligent he's from connoisseur yeah. you know, he watches yeah. the game and understands what he can do and that's exactly what it feels like Dan is that he gets it he, he must be really good at taking instruction because yeah. I'm guessing half of this comes from the manager and, and the coach staff but also just pick it out right there's a load of space over there my job in this game might be to, to play that diagonal as often as I can it's interesting because I'm looking at his stats here from his Liverpool career I mentioned before he played 98 games mm-hmm. only in 20 of those has he played the full 90 minutes yeah. he's either come off the bench 45 times or he's gone off 33 mm-hmm. times there you go 78 so he's, he's only played 20 minutes so he played 90 minutes 20 times rather yeah. but speaking of 20 he is only 20 exactly that. and that's the thing I suppose if this is a 25 26 27 year old in the prime of their career they could be not going to the manager what do I have to do mm-hmm. like what can I do but because he's 20 you can say listen we're looking after you there's plenty to go there's more to come and also you're 20 and you play 98 times for Liverpool Football Club. Like, it makes it an easier conversation than if it's a fella in his mid-20s, 30s, who goes, right, I'm playing better than all of these lads and you're still not picking me. Yeah. I suppose that makes it a little bit easier for Jürgen because at some point, now it's not going to be Jürgen Klopp, we know that he's leaving, mm-hmm. but at some point, if Harvey's doing this, there is a conversation where he has to say, listen, I need to be in the team here because what more can I possibly be doing? Yeah, of course there is, yeah. And he's spoken about it himself in terms of he wants to be starting games, of course he does. You'd, you'd have questions if he wasn't saying that sort of things, wouldn't you? If he was quite happy in his role, then you would be saying, well, hang on, what, what are you up to then? But no, absolutely, he's been incredible so far this season, mainly from the bench, as you've all mentioned. But as you say there, he's only 20, he's got 98 Liverpool appearances so far. That's that's some going that, especially when you factor in he's had a, a season out on loan at Blackburn in amongst that. He's had a bad ankle break in amongst that as well. So they really you know they had to be very very careful with his development but he's an absolute superstar absolute talent he really is Liverpool call him their diamond and stuff like that but he's got so so many positives but one of his major strengths at the minute is the fact he's able to analyse games and work out what's required when he comes on and he offers so much energy so he mentions what he offers to our lads and he sort of sets the tone and shows them the way to go about it as well but on the flip side of that defenders have been run ragged by XYZ Liverpool player and then Harvey Elliott comes on he's not going to give you a minutes peaks we all wax Liverpool about Darwin Nunes and how much of a nightmare he can be for defenders Harvey Elliott similar because he does not stop from the minute he gets on the pitch to the minute he goes off he's 100% committed to everything he does and that's hard work to deal with so I'm delighted with Harvey Elliott I think he will like I say he will be clamouring whether it be sort of within or whether it be outwardly to the people around him he'll be clamouring to start more games of footy but the godsend is right now for Liverpool if we were out of the FA Cup and out of the Carabao Cup earlier on this season you'd have gone where's Harvey Elliott getting his footy and if we play 
Champions League footy, for example, you'd have gone, I'm not quite sure where he gets his minutes here, but as it is, we're fighting all four fronts. So there's minutes for all these lads. Yeah. We're talking about the academy kids coming in. We wouldn't have seen as much as Joel Quanta, Connor Bradley, etc., etc., were it not for this quadruple bid that we're on. So thankfully, there's enough minutes to be shared around between everyone. And Harvey Elliott deserves his fair share with him because he's been brilliant this season. No, absolutely. I think you're right. He, he did. He will. I think he got named out of the match by uh, Liverpool. Yeah. And he played after the game, which is which is how good he was. Um, we'll lump these two questions in together. I'll start with you, Chloe. Um, Diaz gets another goal. He's he's in a, he's in a, a little bit of form here now. Darwin gets a, a, another goal. So yeah, two two very different headers, but two very good headers <laughs> given the circumstances. Diaz is, is <laughs> Diaz is as good in the fact that. It's a weird angle, and he, yeah. he's, he's he's trying to slide in, yeah. and that deflection kind of bobbles up, and he has to kind of lean back down and use the neck muscles. Um, but both of them are in relatively good goal scoring form now. You know, Darwin obviously we know what's happening with Darwin. He's he's hit and miss to say the least. Diaz has got himself in a little bit of a purple patch. But you mentioned you said at the very start of the show, you put, you know, Liverpool got the firepower to outgun everybody. That is true, especially if these two are scoring because these you know. And Gakpo's on nine goals as well. Like everybody's chipping in. It does feel like you are right in that, aren't you? Like you know, Liverpool do have the firepower. Whichever option you use, the the knock on Diaz has been the numbers. Well, he's in, in the last month he started delivering those numbers. Now the goals, which is yeah, fantastic. I'd like to say if Liverpool are going to go on and try and win as many of these trophies as they can, they're going to need think those two players in particular find in the back of the net. So again, another welcome sight that they both did so. Yeah, look, Diaz has been improving. He's still not back to his best, but he's you know creating things. He's uh, dragging defenders away and creating the spaces for the overloads. And yeah, I thought that the thing I love about Diaz is defensively his work rate as well. I don't think he gets enough credit for that because he the amount of times he's running 30 yards back busting the gut to try and really help us out to win that ball back so then we can start another attack uh, and he deserved his goal he, he was everywhere and it's a great it's a great goal because the ball like you said he's not expecting the ball to go there the ball bobbles up and he has to adjust and, and it's instinct to him uh, and he ends up not. it's like he doesn't celebrate and for like five minutes of his celebration I'm thinking are we offside yeah why is he not gone mental because well, he, he went mental in the goal mm, he, 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 he took well, he, 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 took, yeah. he took all his frustration out on the net. The net got it, and it's one down the net. It was dead cool. That's how he walked out. It was like you know, like when my kids do them. Yeah, then sometimes I just walk into the bathroom and just go like an internal scream and just. It's like ah, net punch you, and then I was like, "Ah, we're all like we're chill now." And then Darwin's the complete opposite. He went, he went Like you mentioned Darwin there, and I had to laugh because. What instantly came into my mind was this lovely ball over the top by Endo. The touch is oh, absolutely perfect. So we have to go, just put oh. it, just literally just slide it bottom bins either side, lads, and it's a goal. And he does all the hard work. And the thing that he's so good at, he just puts it straight to the goalkeeper. So he's and you're like, well. what are you doing? <laughs> um, and yeah, his header is phenomenal. And I thought it at the time, what a header. Mm. But the more times you see it, the better it gets. He has to generate the power there. The ball is behind him. He's got a man glued to him as well. Um, and yeah, look, he deserved his goal as well. I thought he was he was feeding off absolute scraps all game. Uh, but yeah, was still so heavily involved, especially in the second half. Obviously, we see the Robertson one where 
uh, it, it's offside, yeah. but if it was onside, there's not much more he could do in terms of the actual finish. It's a great save. It's a good finish, actually. Um, it's exactly. So, yeah, I love the fact that Darwin Nunes is still getting the goals because, like we always say, he feels like a confidence player. Um, and what a header it was, what a finish it was. He went absolutely mad. He's loving it. Uh, and if he can keep doing that every game, if he can keep having these impacts uh, on games, then, you know, it is 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 slots there for him to, to play. And, uh, yeah, it was just it literally perfect touch. What control. You're in acres of space straight down the keeper's throat. And we're all like, oh my it's God, just it's just it's mental. Well like, <laughs> the the, there was a lad behind me who had a bet on who just needed Darwin Nunes to hit it on target. And it was it was on target. So all of us are going, how on earth he's done this? And the lad behind me is celebrating because he's won a bet. Um, That's a risky yeah. bet to say Darwin shots <laughs> on target. Yeah, yeah, Darwin yeah. shots is fine. Come on, we've run the shots, but shots on target. You get your best be giving decent odds out for that one yeah he's, I love him like, he's fantastic but he's, he's unbelievable he, he drives you insane as well at the same time um, so I'll come to you very quickly we'll, we'll talk more about like Arsenal Manchester City in depth later we're doing the Bias Football podcast immediately after this over on redmenplus.com but just a quick look at the league table everybody kind of held serve really Arsenal had the trickiest game and they've done well obviously they, they've battered West Ham Man City got the job done we knew that uh, against Everton Liverpool Liverpool should be Burnley and you got you, you, you expect Liverpool to be Burnley but it was a case of okay that's just another game ticked off for everybody where the points don't change which in the, isn't the worst for Liverpool really given that they are top of the league at the moment it was we had probably on paper the easiest of those games so it was imperative they got the job done and given the fact that injuries suspensions illness mm, bereavement yeah. etc et it was it was a case of right a, a job well done there and we just move on there's 14 left now because there was every chance there that you had every excuse not to win that game if you wanted to use and Liverpool didn't use any of those excuses they found a way no and, and that's the thing you know, given where we are in the league and the fact that we've got two two people breathing down our necks and some of these lads haven't been in this position before and, and those that have that have gone 90 points three times and you know come up short and they still know how to get the job done as Van Dyke said after the game you know it's we, we'll, we'll concentrate on what we do yeah. and we'll, we'll make sure we win our games and that's all you can do I'm not not too sure that the, the club itself has the same hang up as the, as the fans do about what other teams are doing we're insane because, aren't we no. <laughs> oh, yeah. I hope just, they don't I really hope they don't they're in trouble if they are because they're not sleeping they're watching Man City Everton 15 minutes before kick off and they're in trouble yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's you know they'll say Teams say you take it one game at a time. That's just to dampen down the conversation because you, you look at games of blocks. Mm. So you look at your next six fixtures, for instance, from the 1st of February to the middle of March before something gets in the way, like a European competition or an international break across the season, and you, you want to accumulate points within that section. You do that right down to the level. I manage that. You look at blocks and you say, right, those are games we want to win, and, and Burnley is a game we want to win, but, but there's no easy games in the Premier League anymore, as, as Luton have proven. With, you know, they booked the trend, haven't they? And they've started getting a few few results. So it's going to be like this till the end of the season, and, and all we can do is, is if we win all of our games between now and the end of the season we win the league it's a big ask and you know, it'd be nice to do that wouldn't it there'll be many twists and turns I'm sure but yeah. these lads finding ways to get games done when they're not playing very well that should have been a banker you know if you're doing an accumulator you look down the list Liverpool Burnley tick isn't it you know but they're fighting for their lives they're fighting to prove that if, even if they do go down they've got to give these lads something to build on next season to say we want some more of that We, we at times we acquitted ourselves quite well so we'll go to Anfield which is 
if you've never been in the Premier League before and lots of Burnley lads haven't, you look at the calendar and you go, Liverpool, Anfield, mm. I'm, I'm turning up for that one. You know, it, it, they, don't, they don't need any reason to motivate themselves and there is the added factor that companies are Man City guy, you know what I mean? So, record Anfield's still shite. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really it is. Ultimately, you know, these games are difficult and we, fi- we find teams that win the league find a way when things aren't going well. And little gems like Harvey Elliott go a long way to solving mm. those problems, don't they? Absolutely, yeah. Liverpool did get the job done right then. Before we head to a break, we did have a super chat from Jared Freeman. Thanks very much, Jared. Says Jota has 75 goals or assists <laughs> in 8,259 minutes. Correct. Oh, yes. So a goal or assist every 110 minutes or so. Jota's got in his Liverpool career. And bear in mind, he did go a year without scoring as well. Yeah, mm. just so Jared's uh, all highlighting the importance of Jota. Key so, goals as well all the time with Jota. That's the thing. Yeah, constantly. You don't need you don't need to big up the Diogo Jota on this panel trust me I think yeah. um, you might have his four biggest man. fans in the world on these coaches and I'm including this family and coaches so, coaches did I say coaches yeah mm. oh, off you know before length. right you said AFCON for, 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 for um, and Endo and I didn't sorry, and I didn't, I and I didn't sorry, pull you up on I. it so I thought you know what that'll be nice and I the second I misspoke you turned down my throat so fuck off you said AFCON and he's Asian so they can say if someone in the comments could have put in Max Swan Chloe Steve and Dan Steve P that is and just not include Steve Hall that would be great as well honestly see down the comments now honestly God and you didn't forget it though did you no 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 Sorry, it was because you mentioned Halea before, and I was like, Afghans on my brain now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter. I mean, that doesn't matter. Couch, at least couch sounds like coach. Yeah, there you go. Sam's uh, Sam's d- delivered. There you go. Nice one to Chloe, Steepy, and Dan. Oh, is, thank you. That is the in joke of in jokes, isn't it? Have you, uh, the WhatsApp voice note. Week, wasn't it? That was someone, someone gave us massive feedback to the, on the on the channel and said thanks to Dan, Chris, Paul, and Chloe for all the hard work to do it. And I was like, I didn't even get onto it. I just forwarded it to like our yeah. and then he oh, realised his name wasn't on also, it. Also, someone going watch the Bobby Firmino doc. There's not a single part of Steve Horan that either. Honestly, I, I mean, honestly, I'm like. Um, Maybe a niche reference, but like, you know the little green fella off Monsters Inc. When they keep putting like stickers over his head, or like he's behind the thing. That's that's me at the moment. I'm like the forgotten man. Yeah, uh, the, good, the good part is it doesn't bother me at all and I never bring it up no, never, no, never. <laughs> honestly never. I, I, my, ego, my ego is so small that I, I never even have to mention it once all the time that WhatsApp is the worst thing that's ever happened to me I absolutely despise it and I'm a man it's who's gone bald it's wonderful that's yeah so anyway anyway we're moving on um, break it was break He's from Japan, Asia, just to let you know, Chloe. Before we do, we move on. Right there, in, this, in part two, we are going to speak about Liverpool squad. We're going to do a little bit of a squad sit rep. We're going to look at the injuries, who's available, who's not, who's out, the impact it's going to have, who we need to get back, all of that good stuff. Before we get to it, I want to give you guys a shout about our League Cup content, which is absolutely fantastic. I think it's... Uh, is that- would you agree? Yeah, it's brilliant, yeah. Absolutely fantastic. There's Past loads of peasant, really good. Past down peasant, loads of it. So yeah, check out all the amazing League Cup final content. Let's go with the content. It's all cool. the amazing League Cup final content that we've got on offer and we'll be back with part two in just a couple of minutes. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. We are on the way to Wembley for the League Cup final. What better way to get prepared, educate yourself about Liverpool's historic relationship with the League Cup than over on redmenplus.com. The League Cup story telling the entire history in podcast form of the Reds' illustrious nine victories. Liverpool Football Club were the best team in not only in England but in Europe. We've had we've had bigger things and better things to celebrate in recent years, but that day it felt it felt massive. It wasn't about football, it was about something more. There is Squad Game, a standalone documentary looking at Liverpool's last win in the League Cup final in that nil-nil and then penalty shootout victory over Chelsea. Starting Kelleher in goal immediately made the goalkeepers the story of the game. If there's a troll and a medal to be celebrated, Liverpool now to celebrate it. It's always a big deal to win a trophy. Another fabulous documentary, the six-year wait, going all the way back to 2001, the treble season, to look at how the Worthington Cup was captured. A campaign that saw Liverpool play in every match possible, in every tournament they entered. Coming away with the League Cup, the FA Cup, the UEFA Cup, and for the first time ever, qualification for the Champions League. From us winning that first trophy, that absolutely got the lads' belief that they were good enough to compete. Safe hands a featurette about Liverpool's goalkeeper mural that was updated after the 2022 win with a wonderful etching of Queen Callaghan. But the boss always said, yeah, we played the number two goalie, but most clubs, they change the final and go back to the number one goalie, which would be a bit unfair. And lots more besides that as well. Well, head over to redmenplus.com for more features, interviews, podcasts and analysis as we head to Wembley to try and bring home League Cup number 10. Yeah, there you go. Get yourselves ready for Wembley over on redmenplus.com. Some amazing documentaries, features, interviews, and just released yesterday was part six 
of the League Cup stories. Yes, six-part docu-series all about Liverpool's League Cup times. There's nine wins in total. Episode one is the first four where Liverpool decided they were going to turn up in the League Cup and start winning them, so they won four in a row. You've got the 1995 win, 2001, 2003, obviously 2012, and then the latest one, 2022, with some fabulous journalists who were covering the Reds at the time. So go and check that one out. James Pearce is the latest subject in the 2022 one, of course. A tale of two keepers, Keith Kelleher, Kepper and all that great stuff. So yeah, get yourselves ready for Wembley with redmenplus.com. Uh, Wembley will take care of itself for the Reds, Chloe, as it gets there. <coughs> Who knows what Liverpool squad's going to look like when, when it does get there because there's like, what, a couple more games before then and at this rate, it really is a revolving door. We're getting some back, we're losing some. It's It's been a, a very, very difficult in terms of squad management for Jürgen. If he wants to rest plays, he hasn't been able to, all that kind of stuff. Um, we'll start with with Thiago, um, he played nine minutes against Arsenal and he felt some discomfort in a muscle. Uh, he, he had the scan, it turns out something, uh, uh, something's gone wrong with, with that. Um, now, Jürgen didn't say he's out for the season. Some reports suggested he was. Jürgen kind of said, no, we don't think that, you know, that's not the case. We, it'll be what it'll be. It was for a while bef- in the lead up to that Arsenal game. We all saw the videos, the clips, the, the, the LFC TV, the twist and the turn and the shot. He comes on against Arsenal, doesn't I mean, play centre-half for nine minutes. Cause plays an absolute horrific ball. Yeah, does that. No, and now yeah. he's out again. Now, I can't sit here and say Liverpool are going to miss Thiago because they haven't had him. But any hope of, oh, you just sprinkle Thiago into this and it could be even better, it feels like that's gone now because if he's out for a couple of months now, I mean, by the time he's back, what, you, you, maybe in his April, but you're really in the business end and just trust him at that point. It's... It, it is a shame, really, because on his day he's been fantastic, but his body has just continued to let him down, and there's no surprises, unfortunately, that he's out after nine minutes. Just no. When that news come down, it was more a case of, yeah, I can't believe it. Right? No, sorry, more a case Water's of water's wet. Oh, yeah, it, 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 inevitability. It, yeah, but well, there was no, there was no massive shock. It was more a case of, oh my god, like. How, how bad does look kind of thing but yeah. no one was surprised Chloe this, this is what we've got now Thiago's Liverpool career is going to end this summer and it's going to end on the back of a season where he just couldn't get himself on the pitch yeah he sees a footy pitch and all he has to do is see it and he's injured he's just it's silly um, and look he, he looked incredible in those training videos and you you do need a, a play like it felt great because Manchester City had just got Kevin De Bruyne back and Kevin De Bruyne has had an major impact in every single game he's came on or, or you know started since then and you just thought with Thiago imagine we've run these teams ragged for 70 and then we just go yeah Maka have a, have a little rest there lad oh here's Thiago like ridiculous we'd have been in dreamland but we don't get those luxuries because he can't stay fit um, and it is silly I mean sadly Thiago is possibly <clears throat> the best technician I have seen play for Liverpool and yet he's he's not going to be remembered for me anything more than the fact that he, he literally missed more games than he played and I love him and I wish he could have some and he still might have some impact in this run and hopefully he can but it's just it, it, it's getting boring because 
you can't even ex- like I think we all sat here and said yeah he'll play for two games and then he'll be out again we did expect nine minutes though lad in a game that was pretty much dead anyway um, because Canate got a red card two seconds later uh, they went down the other end and scored the third so yeah it just it, it felt bad especially after City get those big players back Arsenal beat us um, and yet we don't get the luxury he is a luxury he's not he's not a player who, you, who you're going to play two games three games on the bounce uh, but he was a luxury and it would have been incredible to have that luxury and we don't um, and yeah there's not much else to say I expected it just not that soon it's interesting Dan. he played 30 games in his first season 39 and 28 so it's not loads mm. but also it's not none you know what I mean like he did decent but but he was never you know, Liverpool played 50 games and stuff and so yeah. he wasn't always available is there a question to be asked now because this is the third player in very recent times to come back and suffer. We don't know if it's a different injury or a reoccurrence, mm-hmm. but Sobberslide did it, came back exact same, pretty much out. Yep. Thiago back, Trent Alexander Arnold's mm-hmm. knee, he's been back, he's back again. Mm-hmm. It, it might just be bad luck. It, it might just be, we don't, we, listen, we're not doctors, we don't know, and Liverpool have got the best doctors, or, you know, they, they do all this stuff, they, they are very diligent with injuries. Mm-hmm. But this is now the third fellow who's come back and gone again very, very quickly. There should be alarm bells ringing, I would think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and they're going to be more guarded in when they bring players back, you would imagine, from here on out. Certainly when it comes to Trent and Sabozlai, obviously, they're to be known, sort of, the, the prognosis on Thiago and how long it will be. But listen, if we see him again this season, I think we'll be quite fortunate, to be honest with you. It's a shame, as, as Chloe alludes to, because one of the greatest footballers to watch, in my opinion, in my lifetime at Liverpool, just so well so well decorated, so experienced, been there, done that, absolute joy to watch, and the type of player you pay the admission fee just to watch play for. A masterclass, an absolute mm-hmm. masterclass, and just a real shame because it did feel like I've been banging on this drum all season long. If we can sort of stay within touching distance, stay in front, whatever it may be, and just keep fighting, keep fighting, and then you can drop Tiago in as and when you please. My God, that's an absolute, absolute luxury of all luxuries, but that isn't going to be the case, unfortunately. But coming back to sort of Liverpool's injury dilemma in that sense, yeah, maybe <coughs> there is, maybe there is an element of not rushing players back, and you know, the club would absolutely stand steadfast against that and rightfully so but maybe there is an eagerness and Steve referenced it earlier on like these players are going to be fighting for this cause more than ever before because of the clock factor so is there an element of some of these players just desperate to get the team placed back in the team and desperate to go out there and put a shift in because they want to do it for Liverpool Football Club and for Jurgen Klopp and maybe in Sabozlai's case we even said it with Trent before he at half time he's got a problem but he was like no I'm fine I'll carry on and his dad decisions have to be taken out of his hands so are they rushing back ever so slightly just because they want to be playing and they're worried that if they are out for three or four weeks somebody else is going to come in and take their place and take the shirt and we've seen it in the past with Curtis Jones he's come in played so well you can't drop him and different players have done that in the round the team so are they worried about the place in the starting 11 are they so desperate to fight for this quadruple we've seen Trent talking about it in recent weeks and how much he wants to send Klopp out on a high so maybe that all them factors are just contributing to players just being a little bit over eager to get back into playing football which is a great problem and it's a good thing you want players to be chomping at the bit but at the same time, is that causing these problems and he's having this knock-on effect that we're seeing? Because you're right, the trend of two players, two key, key players in the prime of their career, in Trent and Sabozlai's case, coming back and then getting injured in the same manner is a little bit concerning, I would say. Sabozlai, we'll see. Jürgen said it could be this week, could be next week, we'll find out. Um, we'll talk about Salah in a moment, Chloe. On the trend thing, that was the down, that was the down from the weekend, we'll see. Last time he got this knee injury, it was against Arsenal. He missed like a month. Um 
now listen, don't get me wrong, Connor Bradley's been fantastic and hopefully Connor well, Connor's set to join back in training this week, which is fantastic. But still, Trent's Trent. And, and you, you know, there's, there's, there's a school of thought that you can get them. You can play both of them. Trent can go into midfield if you need them to. You can do whatever you want. You can rotate them in and out. It'll, again, at time record, we don't know, know exactly where we're at with Alexander-Arnold. But it, again, one back, one in, one out. It's it, it, just another example of that really. And, Knees are tricky. Knees worry you slightly. You don't know exactly what's gone wrong. That kind of stuff. But the kind of Jürgen kind of hinted that it was a reoccurrence of the of the same issue, which is never a positive. Yeah, and you don't want to put any pressure on Connor Bradley because you know we we looked at the bench. We we didn't have a right back at all. And there's been I mean that Arsenal game we heavily missed Connor Bradley. We missed Connor Bradley the other day in terms of the fact that we wouldn't have had to push Trent to go again, uh, and maybe that wouldn't have caused the reoccurrence that happened. Yeah. Um, maybe, but, maybe he wasn't going to play. Goal exactly. Goal, we don't know, do we? Exactly. So. Um, yeah, it's 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 a tough one to take, especially because he is the one who can change a game. He's the one that, from the right back position, has all the influence um, on on the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's uh, hopefully it's not for long because not dealing with in that period where Connor Bradley came in, it felt like we were you know we were still on top. We had the momentum, all of these things, but now it's a different prospect because City are also on top and it's also in City's hands now. So there is more pressure. It's coming down to the final uh, running, you know, so players, you don't... you don't want to put that pressure on Conor Bradley and you don't want to make him come back if he's obviously not ready because he shouldn't be. He should be allowed the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, hopefully we, we won't and hopefully... Trent will be back soon um, but yeah it's just it feels like one in one out one in one out one in two out I mean it was the thing with Thiago it was like oh, look we have all of no we don't no and Sobo we don't have either um, but yeah let's try and keep everyone fit and try and monitor them all as, as quick as possible because uh, you've got to have a big squad to, to get through the last f- end of the season while still being in four competitions mm. they're the negatives unfortunately there's maybe a couple of positives um, I'm going to start by the way this is just my comment I don't know if you guys agree whoever was at Connor Bradley's dad's funeral taking photos of him get fucked don't get that. it was absolutely Weird. horrendous like the, the press putting photographs of that out was absolutely abhorrent and I'm, I'm, I'm disgusted by it but still it looks like he's going to come back in this week Jürgen said all being well he was still away he, 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 the manager slammed down the, the, the question of the, the guy who said to him like How's Connor's mentality and all that kind of stuff? Jagan wasn't having none of that. He just said, "He's you know, don't worry about it." But he's he's due to come back mm. and training this week. So if he's well and but bear that in mind, if he's well and right, and I hope he is, um, he will be a good addition to Liverpool. Be a big addition because it felt like we've seen a lot of Liverpool players, young players, come in and make a mark on teams, and he was very much on the trajectory of the best of them. They're the type of impacts like the the, the great Liverpool players you've had. You know, they've, they've come in and you automatically stood out. And you might not have expected it from Conor Bradley, you know, given like, he's been on loan, he, he signed from Northern Ireland, he's been on loan at Bolton, but he come in and he was he had a start to at, almost like perfect to him. If he does come back in, there's a very good chance he goes straight into the team against Brentford and I'm sure he'll play well. That could be, especially if Alexander-Arnold's out, it, it could be a, a massive boost uh, if he's well enough. Hopefully he is. And if he's not, it's absolutely fine. But provided he is, could be a, a, a welcome return because he was fantastic. Well, he's, he's he's grown in every game he's played, hasn't he? He's developed and gone on and done better things. You know, the, the, the goal against Chelsea's a mm. really good finish. All of that, the move, the run, the, getting the ball out to strike it across the goal is really clever. Um, we have a different 
balanced when he's playing to when Trent's playing, but we seem defensively better balanced. That won't surprise you because we're asking Trent to step forward and do things. Um, we spoke about it. I think we did a final word recently, Steve, when we talked about where where Arteta played Kai Havertz to negate the stepping into midfield for, for Trent because there was no space to do it. Bradley's more of an orthodox, I'll go around the outside of you, you get me in type of right back. So, you know, the, the filling in for him is very different. I, I'm not suggesting that's the right way to go, but by all means, but it's a different dynamic and it's a different balance in the team. And um, and if it's not him, Joe Gomez is available, then then there is now cover down that right-hand side through a culmination of, God bless him, you know, losing his, his dad and then Joe Gomez being ill. We didn't have a right-back cover and we end up with Curtis Jones there. That's kind of... No break glass option really, is it? But but it was it was tough for us. But he's a lad that promises big things and you know, we talk about in the future where does where does Trent end up playing? Um if you move him into midfield you lose the surprise element of overloading and that, that concerns me. And if you move him there, who'd you move him there instead of? Because, you know, we didn't spend seventy million pound on Sabaz to sort of then decide to play second fiddle to Trent if you move him into midfield. I don't see that happening. But if Bradley's in the right space you know mentally because it's tough for him what he's been through um, then he'll be a welcome addition to the squad and if he carries on the way he's going he's on, he's on a really good trajectory to be you know a bit of a, a good talent down that right hand side when we need him it'll be interesting Dan because we, we haven't seen it really too much yet but like Andy Robbo came back at the weekend mm-hmm. played pretty well obviously Costas come back as well which is great to see obviously after his injury as well it would be interesting to see how Liverpool set up if it, if it was Bradley and Robertson because that is like Old school fullbacks, like they're, they're very of, a, of an, old, a, an older era, having both of them. Mm-hmm. Liverpool tend to, they've moved away from that since the Alexander Arnold's emergence, rightly yeah. so. Before that, it, it was it was never that, you know, it was Moreno for a bit with, with Klein. You had a bit of Milner playing there, different mm-hmm. boy. Two flying fullbacks, it would be interesting to see. In pre season, they, they actually asked Connor to invert a couple of times. They've asked Timakas to do that as well. But do you see a world where uh, uh, Robertson. Bradley back well back forward containing those two works and if so do Liverpool have to change how they play because they they are lads you want to bomb on they want to get down the byline they want to get crosses all that kind of stuff they are very very similar players all being on opposite sides yeah there are massive similarities stylistically between the two of them to be fair in terms of the way they want to go about their business I think they are very very alike in that sense um, as you've all likely said it completely depends on kind of Bradley's frame of mind heading into the weekend but if he is available I think him coming into the team is a bit of a no-brainer with Robertson on the other side yeah I can see the way it works and most of these players albeit some of them are relatively new have played in a system that allows for two bombing on fullbacks because that's what Trent was before more recently very similar to Robertson the other side and got up and down up and down whichever flank it was on essentially both full back so yeah I think it works I think it works fine it'll be a little bit of a throwback for them potentially you might not have as much of the inverted stuff going on because you're right I, I watch Conor Bradley do it in Germany first hand and does it well he's very technically confident he's very technically assured he's got a lot of quality on the ball I think a lot of that stems from what he did last season alone at Bolton because he was essentially used as like a right wing back who got himself in very very advanced areas off the top of my head I don't remember exactly how many but he chipped in with goals and assists last season so it's no quite a few yeah and and a couple of big ones on the way as well I know he swept up their awards and stuff like that so no great surprise to see him score the goal he did against Chelsea even that matter because I said hey there's a moment whereby when he picked up the ball and he was sort of advancing into such clear space open water I was like hang on that's our young right back who just kind of broke into the team and then I went hang on that's Conor Bradley he was boss last year at this for Bolton and all was fine from there on out Mm. so yeah I think we'll see him doing a bit of the inverted stuff I think maybe they take it in turns I think Conor Bradley would probably take the lead in that sense but 
But again, I think you maybe just revert to type a little bit and having sort of a bit of a throwback, a former Liverpool system, a former Liverpool way of playing against a Brentford team that is so physical and does look to dominate, especially the midfield areas, might not be a bad thing, to be fair. And if you have to go with Taro Endo in there to add a bit of that steel because you're not getting Trent as much, maybe, who knows? But in terms of the full-backs, I'd have no qualms, no issues whatsoever with it being a Conor Bradley. The only thing I would say, and it kind of comes back to what we said earlier on about getting a bit more height in the side. Maybe that's another nod towards that. Because if you're going to have Robertson and Connor Bradley delivering crosses as opposed to Trent doing other types of passes, you probably even more want to get your Jota, your Gakpo and your Nunes on the pitch. I still think, if I'm honest, I still Gomez. think that this weekend, I think Gomez will play. Yep. Right back. If Trent's out, and, and I get it, and he's another, it's a good option to have Chloe because again, not only does he give a little bit of aerial protection, he's been, he's been good, he's been in good form as well. So, do have again it's, it's back to yeah, it feels like we have options until we don't yeah. like all being well I hope the illness wasn't that bad where it keeps him off for two weeks a week or so because that would be quite something but Liverpool will have options there again we're talking about the sit rep of the squad kind of stuff it feels like the Arsenal are slowly starting to creep back in and that fingers crossed Gomez I mean, you'd expect him to be available and therefore he's another viable option because again there's a there's a there's a, a world in where he plays at left back at yep. the weekend if he's fit because he, he he's another one who hasn't deserved to be left out of the team. That's what I'd like to see. I'd like to see him at left back and I'd like to see Conor Bradley at right back. Okay. That's yeah, just yeah, because that's an option, yeah. the the a the height. Yeah, you're looking at me like that, but I, I I don't know why. I just really like it. And look, I adore Robertson, and Robertson was really good I, the other you've day. Just, you've just been them off. But the but, no, but the balance of the team when Conor Bradley <laughs> and Jay Gomez has played has been together, brilliant. Um, and why why change something if it works, especially <laughs> against the side who's going to disrupt you, try and make it as scrappy as possible, and try and make the the game as physical as possible as well I feel like Joe Gomez would, would be great for that and also he has been the player to cut inside whilst giving the licence to uh, Conor Bradley to go wide he did it against Chelsea he's done it for Fulham um, and in, in both games Joe Gomez was unbelievable and also he could have had a couple of goals if, if maybe no, just not. maybe stop saying that he no, not. I will not until he scores this goal <laughs> he's like he's destined tell to him to stop shooting I'm sure Robbo's told oh, no. him to stop shooting uh, every time he shoots I tell him not to shoot unless it's very, very close. And yeah. Fulham, he was really close to scoring. Um, but yeah, I just think the balance of the team has been a lot better. Obviously, if Connor Bradley isn't up to it, um, then Joe Gomez right back and, and Robbo left back. That's, mm, yeah. that's perfect as well. Uh, but just based on the balance of the team, I really love what Connor Bradley offers us. And uh, if he wants to go and he's ready to go, I'd all like let him play right back straight away because I felt like we've missed him in the games where he hasn't been available. Obviously, due to reasons we can all understand, uh, especially that Arsenal game, I just needed him to pen Martinelli back and be defensively really secure. Um, and yeah, I, I I like those two partnerships. It's worked for us so far. Why change it right now if you've got the ability to to put them both back in? He scored seven at Bolton, by the way, seven and six assists, which is not good bad numbers. for yeah, absolutely yeah. good for the fullback, absolutely yeah. fantastic numbers indeed. The last one we haven't spoken about, Dan. In fact, so seriously, I'll come to you. Is is Mo Salah now? Jürgen's comments last week in the press conference were interesting, saying um, maybe next week, maybe the week after. Then he went, if you ask Mo, it'll be next week. And it's interesting because I read the mm-hmm. transcript of Liverpool's. Liverpool wrote this up in the on the official website, and they missed that bit off. Like, like they, 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 they just left that bit out. They didn't write it about it. It was um, it does feel like if you if anyone if anyone follows Mo Salah on Instagram, they'll have seen never has a man been putting himself more on display that he's trying to get back and that he's working his way back towards it. He is desperate to play this weekend. Obviously, I understand why Liverpool will have to be careful with him. But if there's a man who can who can recover, it, it will be him because. 
there have been no corners cut from this fella. He's he is he's the ultimate professional. He did say at the time, twenty one days mm. roughly out. It's been that now. Like this, you're, you're getting past that point at this stage, so there's a chance he's back. They're not going to rush him, but if you're ever going to try and get someone back in the team, he's the fella you're going to do it for. So it'll be interesting to see because I can't imagine a world where Jürgen can go to Mo Salah and go one more week. His head might fall off. Yeah, it might do, but we've we've just spent ten minutes talking about reoccurring injuries. Yep. So absolutely, he's an explosive player. And he plays an explosive part within our tactics, so we've got to be really, really careful with him. Yeah. And and this might not be the game we choose to do it with. So it's it, it, this is the one that if you're going to protect somebody for that extra week, knowing he's going to be available for between now and the end of the season in the way that he has in all the years he's been at the football club, then he just might have to take that one on the chin and listen to what's said to him. Um, I'd love to be in that room. Uh, yeah, I, I can see his arse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been 5-0, he's been subbed off and he's flew his wristbands yeah, on the yeah. floor. Like, well, there's a, there's a, there's a, a caveat to that in, in that, you know, if you if, we, if we're not 100% and, and you know, yeah. the old smartphone thing that Jürgen references about and you don't know who's available yet type of thing, if they say don't do it, then, then, then we're going to have to go with that, aren't we? But going back to the point before about Chloe with the firepower, if you look at European football and look at all the top sides, no one's got 5-4 forwards like we've got we've got the strongest forward line in European football I'd argue probably in world football given the quality of them all and they're all like you said even Gakpo's got nine goals so they're all contributing and it might be it might be a game too early for Salah I hope it's not because of, because of what he gives us um, even when he's not playing well he's still scoring goals and contributing with his sisters <coughs> so um, he's talismanic absolutely but I think it's um, it's not the end of the world if he doesn't play it'd be nice to see him play it's not the end of the world because we need him for the running absolutely we do that is the thing. That what this injury's done, Dan. Um, it's, it's devastating for Egypt, of course, is that they mm. got knocked out and Salah wasn't part of it. But because Liverpool have gone pretty much unscathed, they've, they've lost one game in that in, without some kind of thing, and it, it was a big one, of course. Yeah. It wasn't. It's one that either either been desperate to play, um, but they've got themselves in a position now where Mo Salah's had that month off, and you can bring a fresh, rejuvenated, probably slightly pissed off Mo Salah back into the fold. It would be devastating what happens uh, at, at, at the Afcon years after. Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, not, not the Asian Cup this yeah, time yeah, or anything. Wasn't the Euros for me. <laughs> That kind of Mo Salah with the bit between his teeth down could be uh, could be massive for Liverpool coming back in. If he if he takes the frustration of getting injured for Afcon out on Premier League and, and European defences, then we'll be happy days for us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a dangerous proposition for the rest of the league, isn't it? Chloe referenced it before with the boy and coming back and a little bit of Erling Haaland in the same boat. And we've done a lot of what we've done in recent weeks without Salah and a few more key players thrown into the mix as well. And that kind of goes un- unnoticed, really. Maybe that's because it is such a revolving door at the minute with Liverpool, whereby one minute you've got them back and the media kind of say oh, they're back, they're fine, and the next minute they're out, and you don't even seem to realise that they're out, and everyone just kind of goes, oh, Liverpool were a bit lucky, not knowing that we had 10 absentees on the day, you know what I mean? So, yeah, absolutely. I think getting Salah back at this stage, if, you know, all goes well in terms of his recovery, and he's been back in, I don't think I'd be starting him at the weekend against Brentford for all the reasons Steve just referenced there, but if you can get him back up to speed and get him up and running again, in terms of right now, when we're getting very much to the business end, if he can hit one of those purple patches that he sometimes has as well at Liverpool, listen, He's been absolutely goal-ridden ever since he arrived at the club, hasn't it? It's been a joke, essentially. But every now and then, his level just goes up even further. He had that moment, I think it was sort of Christmas time, October, maybe, where he was the best player in the world 
for a little bit. If he has one of them between now and the end of the season, then the sky's the limit, isn't it? Because he's been good this season. He's been good in certain games this season. He's not been good in other games this season, but his goals and his assists have been an absolute constant. If he can up everything all of a sudden, because he is coming back a little bit pissed off by what's been going on, a little bit pissed off missing games, maybe a little bit pissed off that he might have to wait another week, who knows? It is a very, very frightening proposition for the rest and very exciting for Liverpool because all we had to do heading into when it was AFCON, when it was Asian Cup as well with Endo, is kind of get by. And you can lose that game against Arsenal with Endo and with South. Of course you can. That's Arsenal way. It's a difficult game. But we've kind of ridden that storm now. We've got over the other side of it and now we're getting these players back, Salah in particular. It's exciting. I feel about the squad clone now that given that we've got so uh, basically as it stands, the only long term one is Thiago. What's well, sorry, two and Bichetic, as well. Bichetic, but Matip, yeah, I'm, he's I mean, yeah, he's gone for the season, so he's kind of I'm t- I'm t- I'm t- old, old news, Joel. Now, yeah, sorry, Joel. Yeah, I apologise. <laughs> he looked the other day on that video. By the way, like he just let his hair and his beard grow. Didn't he? He looked very much like a fellow who knows yeah. he's not going to be in the public eye much. <laughs> Just let it go. to be on camera for that it was one. It was like he's going to be the next castaway. It was a strange one, but yeah, obviously, Salah and Sabozla don't feel too far away. We'll see where they're at with Alexander Arnold, but Liverpool are still in the hunt for four trophies. You know what the big one is that he wants, and, and the rest are a little bit behind that. How are you feeling about Liverpool's squad now as we look towards what the, the running has pretty much started? Now we're all on City Watch, we're all a little bit on Arsenal Watch, we're keeping an eye on everything now. How are you feeling about Liverpool's squad depth, options, etc.? Um, I'd I'd like a couple more players back. I mean, we we say Sabo doesn't seem that far away, but we said that two weeks ago when he was back for half a game and then got off again. That is that um, is So you know, un- unless I'm given the he's played ninety minutes and he feels great, that's when I'll not worry about him. Uh, Salah once again, it's his hamstring, and like you said, there's an explosive player. You've mm. got to see how it reacts in game. You know, when he makes those explosive runs and he chases after the ball, he's making the runs in behind. That's when his hamstring is going to be under pressure. So that's when I'll feel okay when he's actually got through that um, and and look what, what was up with Alison Becker because I you thought see. he had the well, flu yeah, and then on, on they actually announced it and just said they didn't really know the Klopp spoke about it as well didn't he he said something with Ali but he never mentioned yeah, James Pierce reported illness and then he said that he was meant to play on the Saturday morning reported ill was the reporting okay I, oh, see, okay. I did see something that I, yeah because yeah. Jane Klopp did not want to specify exactly because he literally said Joe Gomez next was out with it, with an illness but he just avoided saying anything about it was quite concerning Alison yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah look I, I'm feeling good. I like the versatility in the squad. Uh, I like the players we've got. I think Trent is a massive miss. Hopefully that won't be long. I'd like to see where we are with that. Uh, but ultimately, Liverpool have just got to focus on themselves. Yeah. Do their part of the job. And, you know, you kind of have to, the players have to forget about the other teams. Me, however, I will be sat there breaking my heart over and over again every single weekend as I turn on, watch Manchester City go bundle up in five minutes and turn it right back off. Um, but yeah, Ask me again in two weeks' time. Okay. So, how are you feeling? What are you positive and negative? Follow, follow that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm all right with it, to be honest with you. The, the trend things are worrying because he missed almost a month, was it, last time? And if he's done it again, something in the rehab didn't work. So, so that, that one's kind of a piece of string, really, with regards yeah. to that one. Um, but we've spoken about the balance and the options. We've got two left-backs get match fit again now so Joe can swap over to the other side and obviously Conor Bradley's there too for that um, there's a big loss because of what he gives you but I think as they start coming back one by one Sobers lies a big big miss at the moment because physicality wise whoever's been playing on that right hand side it hasn't really worked 
Um, and it's what he does going backwards and, and Conor Bradley's going to need that support and Joe Gomez is going to need that support too because centre-backs who go and play at full-backs it's difficult for them because a genuine full-back knows how to use the line to be his friend do you know what I mean yeah. in terms of spacing and stopping players doing certain things and there's not a criticism of Gomez but that's he's not he's a centre-back um, so yeah I'm, I'm okay with it the, the good news is we're, all the lads up top seem to be firing you know and Gakpo, when he comes on, he's, he's, you can see how eager he is to get involved and score goals and how he's getting himself into good positions. Um, when he came on against Newcastle, I thought he made a difference because we just kept the ball and we just looked better and, and we, we built off him. So it's nice options to have. And just going back to the Thiago thing, we don't miss Thiago this season in the way that we did last season because we've got front foot midfielders. We never had yeah. them last time. Mm -hmm. So when you were looking at Henderson or Fabinho to do something that, that looks like a, a line-breaking pass, didn't get it very often. McAllister's doing that with every time he gets the ball. That's the first thing he's looking for is how can I break the lines? Who can I give it to in advanced positions where they can hurt the opposition? So he's kind of doing a little bit of what Thiago is doing. Maybe not with the with the flair because that's what Thiago's got in yeah. abundance, isn't it? He's ridiculous. But it's really, really efficient and it works really, really well. And I think in this this midfield setup, we are we we seems strange to say it. We can afford to be without Thiago as we've proven all season. Um, you've done like without us so far, haven't Yeah, you? because we've got players of that ilk. He was you know? a luxury. Simple. We've got yeah. players of that ilk. Like, like you said before, Chloe, you bring him on 70 minutes when you've gassed the team to death and then you've got this man fizzing balls around. like Absolute metronome. Just on. Yeah. literally yeah. glides on yeah. a yeah. precipice. Just, just watch out for the black round the corner blind one that sells everybody down the river. <laughs> Loves one of them again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he does, doesn't he? Loves but it. I think the squad's in, in good shape. I think, you know... Um, yeah, do what we do. Fight to the end. These lads know what they want to do. They, they seem to be in good headspace. And the most important thing is they've dealt with the bombshell that we got from Jürgen a few yeah. weeks ago really, really well. So um, that's testament to the mentality and what they're building in the squad, really, isn't it? Absolutely. You've got a couple of super chats before we finish. Then Solo says, big up to the Red Men TV. I'm a 10-year listener. Thank you very much, Solo. Then says, the season will be decided when we play Manchester City. So, oh, that's a, that's a big Christ. game. I mean, you have to big game, if not. If Chelsea could do us a favour next weekend before that, yeah. it'd be nice. Shout oh, out Brentford. to Edward as well. Edward gifted out 10 YouTube memberships. So congratulations oh, to everyone. Nice, nice one to Edward. And who also messaged with a super chat uh, saying, our midfielder, where everyone's fish should be Endo, so the DM should be Endo, Thiago or Stefan Bacetic. Then one of Elliot and Soberslight and then one of McAllister and Jones. Uh, and yeah, yeah, I think that's, that makes... McAllister, Soberslight, Jones. So Endo, Thiago or and Stefan as a six. He wants McAllister and Jones or Jones on the left-hand side. We had a conversation about that on the final word. There'll be a clip coming out on YouTube. So I'm not, I'm not too sure about that one, uh, where McAllister's best position is. We had a chat about that on an earlier show. So you guys will find out. You see that on the, on the feed a little bit later on. Um, Bradley has really missed... He absolutely is. Up the Redmen. Yeah, up the Redmen. Up, uh, yeah, up the Redmen. Now, thank you very much, Edward. Um, yeah. I was going to say up you, but then that, that was... Like, <laughs> no, that, that sounds like that sounds like I'm having a go, but I'm, yeah. it was meant in a positive way, but it wasn't... Up it, yourself. Yeah, see, now I've now listened... Luckily, I censored myself, yeah. but then I said it anyway. So I might as well... I, I should have just said it in the first place, but yeah, thank you very Stop much. Stop digging, Steve. Yeah. No, it's fine. It's, <laughs> my internal monologue can come out on the show any time of day. Uh, right then, guys, thank you so much for joining me for this one. Just to let you know, Bias Football Podcast is coming up next. 
We're going to talk about Arsenal battling West Ham. We're going to talk about Manchester City Everton. We're going to have a look at the relegation battle and, of course, the return of the Champions League as well as naming our bellends of the week. So go over to redmenplus.com. Sign up now. You'll get the biased football podcast, the show where we get to be completely, utterly biased about all the other teams in the Premier League. Thanks very much for watching or listening. Thanks to Dan, Chloe and to Steve. And we'll see you all next week on the Originals podcast. See you soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.